The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. Still here? Then pour your favourite beverage, beverage and let's get, and this, let's get this fucking show, show started. started. Sorry, I, I like it was a some kind of echo or something. I, it kind of threw me off. I don't know what happened, but anyway, Fantastic Forum Assemble. You are watching Fantastic Forum, the premier show about comic books, and your live weekly conversation about entertainment and geek culture. We are the Fantastic Forum, coming to you live and direct from all. I'm sorry, no, from all from Fantastic Forum Studios. <laughs> uh, friggin'. Los Angeles and Midwest and East and all those places. Hope you have a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, or night. In case we be depending on where you are in the world, and if you're not, you should stick with us. Let me take it up a notch. You have the usual suspects in the building. First, he is our riddle inside of an enigma, trapped in Chinese finger cuffs. You don't know him. You love him anyway. He's our silent assassin, Jay. Hey, what's up? Next, he is. Our intrepid senior reporter. He's next in line for the cow. He's our resident dark night detective. It's Oz. Yeah, this is going to be good when I can tell. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> next, he's the backbone, the pillar, the strength of Fantastic Forum, our nigh invulnerable brawler and resident strongman, Moses Magnum. What's up? And as for myself. Oh, you don't think it wouldn't? It's, I don't think it's going to be a good one. <laughs> Got it. Okay, there it is. Mo with the confidence. <laughs> I'm confident it won't be good. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Lawrence Young. They call me Mary Young. Welcome to Fantastic Forum. we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking to you all about uh, Green Lantern Annual number one. And we're going to be talking to you all about the latest season of doom patrol uh and of course we'll be bringing you the latest and greatest in comic news and of course whatever else you all want to talk about so we got all that happening in one fantastic show uh it's gonna be a good one and so you know you should stick around for it and watch us burn in flames because you know that's what happens when we have good ones anyway um yeah we'll tell you how it is you can get down with fantastic forum in just one moment but before we do that we want to make sure that we thank Mr. Scott Rubin, who without him, this show would not have happened. So, hey, shout out to Scott Rubin. Hope you're doing well, good sir. Uh, yeah, man, I'm look, hopefully uh, we might even get to see Scott Rubin one of these days soon. That'd be nice because, you know, we're kind of coming out of a pandemic or whatever. Or, I'm oh, sorry, you call it, so you're not supposed to say that anymore, right? Coming out of a whatever. But anyway. Why, why can't you say that anymore? Or, I'm sorry, before. But, you know, who knows? I don't know what you can and can't say anymore. Uh, you know how these social YouTube, media. YouTube is uh, flagging stuff if you mention certain words because they, you might be putting out misinformation. Right. Like if you're not an official source, then certain words, like, you'll get reviewed at least. Yeah. I know we, one channel, one channel I watch. It. We could say, oh. you just got to be careful what you say. Right. I was like, one ch channel I, I watch called it the Budweiser virus. <laughs> you watch stupid channels. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But anyway. Yeah, why not? Um, cool? yeah. It's got more letters in common. 
That's fair. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So, we listen. Threw off, we threw if you want to get down with Fantastic Forum. What happened? What I did? Our timing staff. The lady's gonna Here's tell how. you how to. Here's how you get in. Fantastic Forum. Want to get in on the action? Call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room available at Fantastic Forum. Live. Join the party. You know you want to. There it is. Shout out to the intern. Thank you very much for all your hard work. Um, the video yeah, version of we'll the take intern. comments directly. The video, the video version of the intern is coming soon. Okay, cool. Uh, if you want to get down, or if you want to go ahead and participate, we'll take your comments directly out of chat and bring him into the show. Such as Jay, why don't you insert insert a witty chat comment here, sir? Please. Uh, Tiger Claw says, "Did you guys see Venom? Let there be carnage." Yes. Ugh. Unfortunately, I, I, you know, Larry, I, this episode is going to be titled "Fuck You, Larry," and I hate you. <laughs> like, because I'll take it. I, I, des I deserve I it. I wasn't planning on watching this, and Emily hates you too. By the way, she don't want to say it. Yeah, but no, it's okay. I deserve I, I, it. I, I deserve it. I rattled like I wasn't going to watch it, you know. And uh, then you told me he's like, I watch all sorts of horror movies for the show, except other Lily. You haven't seen that. And you haven't seen In the Earth. You haven't seen Hereditary. You haven't seen uh, It Chapter Two. I mean, he's only wait, he's wait. only done a trailer for like one, right? Right. No, wait a minute. That's not true. One minute, two minute thing that he watched. And, uh, <laughs> but he's watching all these hundreds of things. Yeah. Now, listen, I I watched like he watched the What If finale. We're not even talking about that today. I didn't watch the What If finale. Yeah, now where well, you fronted now, man. <laughs> what what are you talking no, no, I'm putting that out there because I don't want y'all to spoil it for real. Like I haven't watched it, so I, I well I didn't watch it either. Oh I, okay. I was busy watching that piece of shit Venom. Nah, dude. No. Oh. Jay, you, you watched watch it, Venom? right? Yeah. Jay loved it. Oh, uh, you would think that, but why would you think that? I don't know. It's just that's a Joe. That's a Joeism, man. Like, hey, oh, this piece of shit. Oh, fifteen minutes of talking shit. Joe's just on the camera. Like, I loved it. I thought it was fine. Yeah, no, it does sound like a Jay kind of thing to say. And I don't. But even I was watching this. There I'm like, Jay did missing. not like this. Like, there were there were scenes missing out of the movie. Yeah. Like, like it's good. ridiculous. Hmm. Like good scenes. No, I mean like there's literally the the in, the climax battle does not make sense. Yeah, like, I thought I thought I like dozed off. <laughs> there has to be scenes that are yeah. missing in order to explain why Street kept leaving and coming, and it. I don't. Think, I, I don't know how it would be carnage. I, I don't think there's scene missing so much as uh, what's his face that directed it, Circus. Is not very good. I mean, he. I he think that might this, be part of it too. He shot this like it was a student project. the The best thing in it was the uh, what should have been mocap for for Venom. Like that looked better than the original. 
everything else, like he felt like he was trying to, you know, hit all the all the points in the syllabus that'll give him that A. Like, okay, I got a villain. I gotta make him. I gotta make people like feel something for him. No, you don't. Not not with Carnage. Like the one guy who all you have to do is is just go balls out with is Carnage. I don't need to feel anything for him. Yeah, oh, if, I got to If go there ahead. is a feeling to be had for Carnage, it should be some sort of uh, impending doom and fear that the fact that, like, think you're uh, Timothy McVeigh or you're John Wayne Gacy now has the power to destroy half a city in two days. Wait, you don't need to humanize Cletus Cassidy. Like, he's, he's one of the few characters you just don't need to humanize. But... You know that's always something they teach you in in film school. You know, oh, people will love will love the movie if if they can feel like like they agree with the villain and they humanize them. And that's what you try to do. And it 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 sucked. It didn't work. There's um. I I I just don't think he was paying attention to details, or or this movie was edited weird, or like there's literally a scene where they burn down they burn down a building. I don't know how many, how much how spoilery we're getting. So th- there's a there's a building that gets burned down, and Cletus Cassidy is like walking in front of it, surrounded by flames and all that. The very next scene, they talk about how fire and sound hurts them. It's like you, that that kind of you know like <laughs> little things like that, that 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 just bugged me. Yeah, I remember thinking he's standing way too close to that fire. Yeah, like when now, that scene happened. Granted, Carnage is a little less vulnerable than Venom, but still, you don't you don't do that. I mean, there's a point where like he his his <coughs> clothes catch fire and he's like, oh, <laughs> that that that's the gift for the <laughs> for the for the show. Oz going, oh. <laughs> and definitely, they should have left Shriek out of it. Like she was pointless. Like yeah. I, they had no idea what to do with her. That's why during the final thing, she keeps coming and going, like away from the climax, because they had absolutely no idea what to do with her. And at a certain point, if something isn't working, you should just take it out. Like they should have looked at that story and looked at what happened and how the, thought about how the audience would perceive this, and just said, "No, she's not working." Like. We need to take her out. We need to do something else. And the sad thing is, she contributes absolutely nothing to this movie. Like, like, really. And it's not that her, like, she does what they told her to do. It's just the character does not fit in this movie. She does nothing. She contributes nothing. It would have been much better without her. No, the the actress definitely does her job and does it very well. I, in fact, her chemistry with Woody Harrelson Harrelson is better than than Venom and and, mm-hmm. uh, Hardy. and Tom Hardy, even though it's the same dude. Like it's it's him talking to himself. But they they, they have yeah, no chemistry yeah. together. Like I can't believe that these two belong together. I don't need to see Venom in a rave. I know what they were trying to go with, but that's not needed. Um. Again, what what were they trying to go with? Explain that to me. I don't understand that at all. It's the, the breakup, like the buddy breakup movie. Yeah, like, it's a combination of that breakup and 
in the sequel in, in sequel sequel movies you usually depower the the hero at some mm-hmm. point so he and, deserves the yeah what so he had. re-earn what they had don't look at me yeah, like that. that's really a thing bad. that's actually a thing no no, I'm, not, no I'm just i'm just i'm just listening to what they were trying to do and how like think about how Badly, they accomplished well, that. Like, Shriek, geez. more to Joe's point, Shriek is just there to humanize Cletus. Like that's really the only. And again, like, atten- attention to detail. Shriek I hate to be that. I hate to be the Hollywood executive that they. She would have been more meaningful if she got killed and then Cletus lost it and got powered and really went on a rampage and created some carnage. That's look. That's exactly what I was. What I was going to say. If you want, if you want her there. And he's in love with her. Yeah, kill her off and have him go nuts. Have Venom do it. Have her escape because she's obviously got powers. Have her escape. What's that? Yeah, it is. That's bad for optics. But it makes sense because guess what? Shit that's bad for optics is bad shit. And it motivates people to do more bad shit. And eventually a hero that is pretty bad has to rise up and do bad shit to stop the dude doing worse shit. (laughs) You know? No. I will say one of the things that I did enjoy about this movie is that it encouraged me to go buy Amazing Spider-Man 359 to 363, (laughs) uh, the first appearance of Carnage. And I had a great time rereading that. Um, (laughs) That was like really fun. And it's really interesting. You like read old comics and you see like, all the exposition and they really do like try to hold your hand. So if you are just coming into a story, they uh, like, it's hard to get lost just because of how much explaining and hand holding they do. Like at one point, the human torch is saying who he is and what team he's from. <laughs> like, we don't know who. Like, hi, I'm the Human Torch from the Fantastic Four. Right, it's, it's literally him talking to Peter, telling him who he is, <laughs> his best friend. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, man. It's a good read. Uh, and it's kind of funny too because you see the Woody Harrelson Carnage Cletus, and you look at like actual Cletus. Uh, where he's like looking through the phone book and killing people with stupid names. And, and it's like, man, that's like terrifying. Like, he's scary. Like, you can't humanize him. Like, or like, he's just chaos incarnate. Like, even the dilemma that like, um, Joker with a symbiote. symbiote. Right. The, the, the dilemma that. that the symbiote had here with Eddie is like, he goes, Eddie, I'm a predator, Eddie, I'm a predator, you know? And that's kind of like the Cletus Cassidy thing. Like he's a predator and he becomes beyond apex (laughs) with that symbiote. And it it should be a force of nature. Like this movie really handled it wrong. And, uh, you know, Hector chat says all of this sounds fantastic. If there was a Spider-Man in the shit ass universe and there is a Spider-Man in the shit ass universe and it's still shit. And it's a it makes that Spider Man shit if it works out like it, it's not it, it, it everything is wrong here from just trying to give Venom 
or I'm sorry, trying to give the symbiote a personality that conflicts with Eddie's personality. Eddie has no personality in this movie. He has no drive. He has no reason to even have the symbiote. It just happens by chance. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, whereas in the comics, and look, yeah, Derek H is probably his ear is gonna oh there Moses is not that the movies and this is this is all technical shit. There's not even adaptation shit. It's uh trying to find the spirit of this. There's a drive that Eddie has, and a drive that Eddie has that forces him to not be a straight up villain. And that speaks to the similar drive that the symbiote has, and it makes them the lethal protector. These drives are basic psyche of these characters. And together they do something, you know, some of these Lethal Protector comics, eh, hit or miss, Larry. <laughs> You're the Marvel guy. You'll say, like, eh, doing a movie based on those could be good if you consolidate those comics into just, like, the good stuff and make a trilogy of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then, but, and that's another, like, if you were to set that as the foundation for the Venom in this cinematic uh, adaptation, and you use the same formula for uh, Carnage to be the, for lack of a better term, anti Venom, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, that to be the antithesis of him based on those ideals and what he does with that power and have a, another side of the spectrum. And do uh, you know almost a clash of ideologies, and it, it would it would have been something good with or without Spider Man, mm -hmm. you know. But no, they didn't lose that and and that's Bro. that's the thing. They are, this movie is trying to be lethal protector. I know this because it tells you. Yeah. Every, <laughs> every, they say lethal protector more times than than Toretto's set family. Honestly, he protects no one. He say, I will say I, I did love that line the first time they used it <laughs> when he's telling Eddie like we should be out there protecting the city lethally. jeez. <laughs> oh, I, I like that one. Well, even it's even so in the bad. first movie when they fought the jury, like that it was a watered down jury, but it was still like okay, this is Venom. <clears throat> like this is something out of a comic, more or less, you know. But, but here. Is it I, I look, it's what you're gonna get from Sony. Because you know? I guess that's that's my whole thing where I'm sitting here like I knew the movie's only like an hour and a half long. And I watched the first half an hour and I was like, dude, this is terrible. I wanted to get out of the theater. And then I watched I'm in the second half an hour and I'm like, dude, this is worse. Like it's like every <laughs> half an hour it got worse for me. And I was just like, dang, this sucks. Like I feel I was like, this is like like, I, I mean, I don't, I, I like, I feel like I'm being punished. And I'm just like, I can't, put, like, I shouldn't feel this way. I was just like, I, like, it was just so, I, you know, let me tell you what I hated the most about, like, the climax and the, when you finally get, well, I won't say finally get, because it doesn't take long to get, I guess, to Venom versus Carnage, but it feels long. <laughs> and, it takes long. Because they have to do the whole courtship first, the man planning a wedding and planning. <laughs> it takes longer than it should. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. But I hate all the transitioning back and forth between friggin' Venom and Eddie and friggin' Carnage and Cletus. And I'm just you like, what are, they, it, what are they doing? Like, was, it's I, so I, I, bad. 
I got to stop you right there because that's a hundred times better than the fight in the first Venom, where it's just a, a ball of glop. And when you, when you see what they actually were actually doing underneath, like they're doing like a ballet dance, and all you see is just two shades of gray goo oh, it's just doing this the whole time. I, pr- I prefer that. I don't look, they're both bad. They're just bad in different ways. So but, I mean in first you felt a threat. <laughs> like there was a threat to Venom here. I, I, I will say that I liked I think I liked the first movie better than this one. Oh, that's easy. I'll drink to that. This yeah. I, more but, coherent. Visually, but, I prefer this one though. Really? Yeah. Visually. Okay. Visually, I'm not saying story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I don't like either one, mind you. I'm not saying like you know. I'm not trying to give the first one a pass. And like, like I I wasn't a big fan of the first Guardians movie, but I I could at least say it was an enjoyable experience. Versus Guardians two, which I for me I was like that. I didn't enjoy watching that movie. It just was like just trash. But you know, it is you know other people liked it, and that's fine. But for me. Not enjoyable experience. Man, how, did, how did Lawrence get Guardians Three already? <laughs> but, but oh, I'm sorry. I meant I, you know, I meant to. Oh, he slipped. Two. You see that? The mouse already showed him the footage. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> what I will say is, uh, yeah, I didn't enjoy the first Venom, and I thought going into this one that I was gonna probably dislike it, but dislike it in the same way that I disliked the first one. And sure enough, no, I like. Uh, this one takes the cake. This is like, I was like, wow, like I'm like, I'm mad at myself, <laughs> you know, for allowing for allowing myself to fall into this trap of a movie. Like I knew it was gonna be bad, but I didn't know it was gonna be this bad. I I was like, dude, and I'm like, man, I think now, I think other people might watch it because I told them to, and I'm like, that's messed up. Were you thinking <laughs> about me when you did this it? One right there. Was I was? You were you okay? Because I yeah, was I'm, like. Look, here, when I tell Emily hates you, no, absolutely. She said it in chat. I saw it. She, I wish she would come. I, I have a second mic set up and everything, uh, a second camera too for her. She don't want to be on camera. She don't. She don't want to be on the show. <laughs> but she could tell you. I couldn't sleep. I was groaning in my sleep, and I would bump into her at night and just be like, "She's like, ah, Cletus." Uh, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, Carnage is female. Carnage is female. If you're going to give her a voice, it's got to be a female voice. You know? like, And, and she, she couldn't sleep. She was up for some three, four in the morning. Couldn't sleep. She actually hey. bought, she went on Amazon and bought uh, fucking earplugs because I kept groaning about it in my sleep. Yeah. No, no. I, I deserve that hate. I, I deserve hate. that hate. Yeah. I like to. You're, you're, we're, we're having 31 nights of horror. <laughs> and we're already on the six, so you gotta watch like three, Larry. We're gonna do thirty night. You're gonna like fuck Elvira's uh, Halloween bonanza thing. It's gonna be Larry, Larry, scary Larry. Uh, oh man! Tiger Cross says when Mary Young says, uh, "When Mary Young says a movie is bad, then you know it's good." <laughs> no, not in this case. No. You guys excited about part three and Toxin? Showing up. Listen, listen, listen. Here, here's the messed up part, and I don't. I'm not trying to. Slow, we're not going to spoil this, but here's yeah, the we, messed up part. No, we're not. We're not. Which because, we? No, yeah. no, no. We're no. We're going to be doing people a favor. Credit scene. No, listen. No, listen. Everybody what I'm about to say. Credit scene. 
look, I didn't know. And that was the thing. This, that's exactly what I'm about to say is, like I told you, every half an hour, this movie got worse. So I was just like, you know, half an hour in, I was like, oh, this is terrible. Next, like the next like 15, 25 minutes, I'm like, man, this, this is even worse than it was before. The, like we're getting into to, like the climax. I'm like, oh man, this is so bad. And I was just sitting here like, okay, well, at least it's done. I can't, like this, not the, this is the worst it can get. Then we get to the friggin' mid credit scene, and I'm like, oh, you sons of bitches. I was like so angry, because I'm like, ugh. Ugh. I was like, ugh. It just left a really bad taste in my mouth, where I was just like, this is the worst, man. Like, this, yeah. like everything yeah. that, everything this movie could have done wrong, it did for me. You know he's going to show up in that movie. There's evidence I, that he, he was on it. He's in it. Listen, listen. The issue is, I just uh, I mean, listen. Can, I just, I can't. That I don't want that taint. I'm gonna spoil it. No, dude. I, I've been dancing around it, but if you guys want to spoil it, I will go ahead. And no, no, I, I, I don't. Who are we protecting, Larry? Who are we protecting? Why are you? From where's the echo from? I'm drooling like fucking venom. Um, who are we protecting, man? Like, Literally. we're doing people a favor. Listen, the movie did really well. Dude, if you're gonna watch that whole movie for that post-credit scene, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna go anyway. It's on YouTube now. Like, if you really just want to see this post-credit scene, I, hey, listen, I, I I'll tell y'all what I think should happen, but you all are grown. Y'all do what like, you want. The audience has spoken. Heck, spoilers. <laughs> Nia's mom turned down the volume for a little bit because Mo's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always think of her now whenever I spoil things. But uh look, you know, Tom Ho Tom Holland comes out. Tom and Tom. And for some reason <laughs> he's on the screen and Venom decides to lick the screen. Yeah, it's like, so bad. It's it so bad. Sense. Yeah. Like, it doesn't. Like Eddie should have recognized him, right? Not Venom. No, no. Nobody should recognize him. He's a little kid. He doesn't meet him till he's an adult. Yeah, like even, even if he, even if he is the, 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 let's say he's told for Grace that he went, uh, uh, went to. Let's just say, Larry, Devil's Advocate. Yeah, rough life, told for Grace. That Looks he's like told. Art now. Hey, look, hey, told for look. Eddie Brock should have always been a buff guy and. Tom Hardy is as buff as you're gonna get in Hollywood for like leading man that's supposed to be funny and charming and relatable. Um, I mean, what the rock doesn't exist, or what are... the rock? The look, if a guy is a disgraced reporter from New York, he doesn't look like the rock, all right? Most most disgraced reporters are losing what... hair and are 40 pounds overweight and look like they're one french fry away from a coronary bypass. That's what that's what Eddie Brock looks like. I, I know. I know, but that's the '90s comic. Like he's here, he doesn't even look like that. Like no, he looks like that guy became a a, a, a disgraced reporter in his 40s. <laughs> yeah, like but his whole life he was an athlete. You know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I lost my train of thought where I was going with this shit. But e either way, it, it's it's not. There, even if he was that Spider-Man three Topher Grace guy. Right. He wouldn't recognize him. He would recognize a suit and be right. like, "What the fuck's going on?" Not like he looks tasty. 
Yeah, Venom, it's just Venom saying seeing a sixteen year old kid on TV talking about tasty is and licking it is a lot more creepier than any circus thought. It, it, should we just call him Tom Hardon or Cock Hardy? Like, oh jeez, I'm just saying, like it's it's one of these things where it's like you you gotta you you made your bet already. You made a yeah. better movie without Spider Man, and it's not to say that. You can never have any kind of Venom in Spider-Man ever, but you can't have this Venom because this wow. Venom is, but you've made it detached from Spider-Man. So it's like, what is, the, like, like we know, like I, like I can tell already from what you delivered to us in, in, in two that you're not going to be able to write a story that's sufficient to make it seem like, okay, you know, it makes sense that Spider-Man's being tossed into this mix now. But so it's just like, Let's just not do that, and you know, like, because all, all you're talking about doing is potentially like tainting that franchise. Yeah, but that that's the, that's <laughs> inevitable. Like, like, like Thanos, that's inevitable because because <laughs> it, it's just Sony. Sony controls it. Yeah. So, you know, Tiger Claw right here says, I, "I'm convinced that Tiger Claw is actually Andy Circus." Uh, he says, "Like." Uh, Keep in mind this this like the comics when Venom finally meets Spider Man it's gonna be like he's gonna take over Peter Parker's body but I I bet he will do he will for comedic effect and that's like that's the most asinine that's almost as asinine as Venom too like it, it's just not that that's not how this shit should happen think. it's probably how it will um but it, it's just I don't think Colin's gonna wear the suit. I think when Venom shows up, he's gonna see the spiders and um, yeah. on a suit and be like, "Oh, I'm on your team!" and then do the classic logo. Yeah. Now here's it's the thing: I can say this. I can say this. Okay. I they they fucked up by not having the 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 dragon or spider um, in the movie as a logo, but had they just gone with the spider right off the bat. And have that be the spider from his part of the Spider Verse, in mm. his sector of the universe, mm. with or without Peter, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's just what mm. that is. That's the right. closest thing we have here. Just have him shoot webs. Have him right. have the white square here. Have him shoot webs, mm. and just ignore ignore from a production logistical standpoint. Ignore the Spider Man movies altogether, mm -hmm. and just have him be your spider from your cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. And then you do a, a, a into the Spider Verse two, or bring Tom Holland into the Spider Verse and mm -hmm. do, a, do a Spider Verse movie. Then boom, no problem. Right. That's yeah, it. I agree. That's the I agree. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and yeah. but no, no, no. Everybody refuses to hire Dan Slott as a consultant or Dan <laughs> Slott Junior. And maybe about uh, look, I think I'm fatter than Dan Slott at this point. So uh, oh, yeah, no, hire me. I, I'm his protege, his unofficial protege. Yeah. If I studied. Put, I, I studied his whiteboard on on Instagram. If they put Tom Holland in Spider Verse Two, I want him to be like live action, like Roger Rabbit style. Yeah, that would actually be pretty awesome. And it, but, they, but he they, would be like the same size as the the animated people, though, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. He's just in yeah. there, but he's just not animated. Yeah, that'd be cool. I would like that actually. But then I'll be mad because then I want the comic book ones to be like. Um, comic book like paper, like paper, like South Park. Yeah, no, dude, I'm down for that. 
100%. No, but that, that that uh, what you would call it, it's already like that. The they already fucked that up because Gwen Stacy is the comic book Gwen Stacy. How do you know that? Because the Earth that they showed for her is the same Earth from where she's from in the comics, with like Earth. Oh. So and we, we spent forty right. minutes on the, on this, and it's not even a topic for today. Yeah, we weren't even planning on talking about this. We should have been, but we didn't. Yeah. Like we I, I, don't know that, I don't know that we should have been. I think our first instinct was the proper instinct, but you know, I, really, not even what if, considering the last episode. I mean, it's too late now. You guys haven't watched it. I'm behind. No, I haven't seen it. You were behind last week. We still talked about it. Have you yeah. not seen the week before's one? I haven't seen what if since episode two. Oh. Moses, you gotta watch what if, dude. Although for the finale, you can skip to the so you just watch the last two. Two. Yeah. I mean, too much. if you you tell me to watch the last one, that'd be good, but well to quote a wise man, you could you could you could could, could just watch the last one. That's neither here nor there. If you want to know the Ultron origins, then you watch the last two. You don't to care. Quote you a wise quote, man. Quote your wise man. We should rate this. Who's the wise man you're quoting? Joe. You just said we should rate this. Yeah, Not we it. should rate this. I wasn't listening to that corner. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jay, your blue block. They're not stimulating your brain. Jay, what would you rate Venom? Let there be carnage. Um, I'll rate it a one. Um, I didn't enjoy the movie, but I did get a free movie ticket out of it since the first theater I went to, the projector failed. So that was cool. Nice. So, yeah, I would say one. Like, the story was bad. The characters were bad. The breakup was bad. The rave scene was bad. I like the after credit scene, but it's really bad. Like, I mean, even a free ticket can be considered wasted. Well, no, I mean, I could use it. I saw the movie for free, and I got a free ticket to see another movie. Oh, okay. So that's the one that got you the free ticket. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, all right. You're good. That makes sense. Uh, Oz, what would you rate Venom? Let there be carnage. Uh, four out of five. Definitely worth watching. Um, Look, it's, it's got it's got its problems. Oh, <laughs> it's got its problems, but you know what? Most of the people we're talking to right now don't read comics or haven't read comics, not or don't care. Not, yeah, or don't care, which is actually probably even the largest group. The movie itself, it's fine. It's entertaining. I I'm the one. Apparently, I'm the only one that has problems with continuity issues, and you know when stuff happens that just either shouldn't happen like physically shouldn't be able to happen or you told me shouldn't be able to happen and it still happened okay whatever people don't care the movie itself is fine it's fun if you don't care about these characters have a blast i wouldn't pay a, a lot of money for it if it's when it streams on whatever service you're already paying for then yeah go ahead check it out don't spend money on this movie don't 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 buy it don't go to the theaters for it but Stream it if you're already paying for the service. So I guess now having analyzed what I just said, three and a half. Because I wouldn't spend money on it. 
that's still too much. Like three and a half <laughs> is something you would have enjoyed. M- M- Moses, what would you rate Venom? Let it be Carnage. I'm w- I'm with Joe. The one. It ain't it ain't worth anything. It's not worth the the well. Look, luckily they don't shoot on film now. It's definitely not worth the film it was shot on. And uh, I mean, that fight was terrible. There's no real threat. Like Carnage is no threat. Like it's just bad all around uh, personality. Like the execution of trying to give Venom a personality and, and try to do this odd couple shit is, is like it. it, it I could make you a better movie with a symbiote odd couple movie and it will just be them talking and it'll feel like venom because i read fucking comics <laughs> yeah but these people that made this movie andy circus read fucking comics sony read fucking comics like you can you can you can uh dilute 27 issues of venom the lethal protector into two good movies and you didn't and then you crowbar Tom Holland in it just to think, just, just because that'll save you. But guess what? Once Tom Holland leaves Disney, he's shit too. <laughs> oh, dude. I like, I, I, I'm going to give this like a 0.25. I hate everything about it, dude. It's like, probably, it's probably the worst comic movie I've seen in at least, at least a decade, I feel like. Like, it's just. It actually made me forget something that I watched that was like the comic, and it was actually good, and I can't remember what it was. It 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 felt like a movie that was made in like the nineties to me, and like I don't mean that in a good way. I mean that in the worst possible way I can. It's just (laughs) yeah, it's it's so bad, and I hate it. And it's oh man, like it's just uh, look the. The fact that that breakfast scene was probably like not the worst thing that happened in that movie is messed up. Because I, I remember watching that initially in the trailer and thinking like, "Oh man, this movie's gonna be terrible." Because that scene by itself, kind of like all the rest is probably better than that. And I was wrong. It was like everything that scene like, made more movie. sense in the movie than in the trailer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. No, it does. It does. It's like you know, it's like that scene was almost like a bit of a respite because I knew how bad it was going to be. Like, I actually like (laughs) Tom Hardy's Bane now. (laughs) That's Uh, how bad this movie is. uh, Tire Claw in the comics says they probably read the comics. The thing is, there are parts that are not filmable. So they get only the best bits. These are not the best bits, Tire Claw. (laughs) Again, read fucking comics. Like, (laughs) these are not the best bits. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm telling you, Tiger Claw is Andy Circus. <laughs> I would say instead of watching this, if you've watched this movie, or if you're not sure you want to watch this movie, or you're planning to watch this movie, just go go pick up Spider-Man 359 to 363. Uh, you could easily find it on Comixology. Um, I'm sure comic shops have it too, but they raise the price because they know you're interested in it after seeing the movie. But uh, read it; it's a it's a good arc, mm-hmm. and you get some cardiac too. So <laughs> cardiac, 
Cardiac Car- is a good character. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how hypocritical Spider-Man is. Like, <laughs> yeah. when he's talking mm-hmm. to Cardiac about how Cardiac is breaking the law, and it's like, you're, you're a vigilante. Like, you mm-hmm. guys are almost the same elk. Mm-hmm. White privilege, man. That's what it is. Uh, uh, Tyreek says, uh, sorry, no. Uh, Heck says, these are the best bits if Trump funded the movie. And, and Heck, don't, don't, don't drag Trump's good name into this. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't deserve the Venom shit. Although, he wouldn't be funding anything. <laughs> That's another thing. Woody Harrelson was wearing a red Trump wig. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Like, how does his hair get worse? Yeah, I, I don't like how. Like, here's like, the thing: like, he bites the whole, the whole yeah, point oh, of, of Venom. Oh, so and, bad! Oh, <laughs> so bad! Of, Venom and Carnage is that Car- Carnage is in the blood, and Venom it is over. It's like living on top of the skin. <laughs> so it's like I've tasted blood. That ain't blood. And then you know, then you know, he would shit out Carnage, right? <laughs> or like, I, I mean, I, I know he's in prison. I know he's in prison. He doesn't eat fiber. He doesn't have probiotics or prebiotics. So maybe it would stay like a parasite. But even still, like, he didn't act like it was in his blood. I didn't like, even have time to think about that. I just kept staring at his hair because I, I understand in that first movie, his hair, like, he had the Ronald McDonald hair. Yeah, you get rid of that, and then you see him here, and like like Lauren said, progressively worse every half hour. You see him that first half hour in jail, and you're like, oh, his hair looks fine. I mean, I could tell it's a wig, but it looks better. Yeah, and then and then he changes it, and you're like, what the hell is that? Like, what what is he doing? What I hate Andy Circus. It it feels it feels like it's on purpose. Like it really does. Where like they're like. But can we make can we make it worse? And everybody on the crew is like, let's give it the old college try. And then they're like, dude, this is terrible too. But can we make it worse? And they're like, I don't know, man. This is like the worst thing we've ever seen. Everything like these guys are like the worst thing I've ever made. Can you make? Have you made anything worse than this? And they're like, well, let's all band together and make it even more terrible. And I was like, well, and and you know what? Mission accomplished, goddamn. Because <laughs> that joint is the worst. I hate it. I hate it. I don't. So, I don't understand how people are a, a fan of these characters and are like, "I like this movie." So we should probably move on to the next. Mo must have read Tired Claws next topic. Comment. We should. We we should just rate it again. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. What did What did Tiger Claw say? Uh, Tiger Claw says maybe Venom Three will have Venom becoming Agent Venom since he likes being the hero. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, I, again, Tiger is Andy Circus. Like Tiger Claw is Andy Circus. Like that's, that's probably gonna happen, and, and it's fucking retarded. I, I'm sorry, uh, a slow adult or autistic or, or, means, or retarded or whatever the fuck you say nowadays. Fantastic uh, Form exclusive. Andy Circus reveals the plot of yeah, Venom Three. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it's it's just not like uh, Tiger Claw. Ah, fuck, I'm drooling like fucking Venom. Uh, Tarklaw, just read fucking comics, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I understand you read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics. Read fucking Venom comics. Like, we need to move Agent on. Agent Venom could never be in this movie. 
the, the more we talk about this movie, the more my rating of it drops, and I don't want to go through that again. One all around. One like, all around. I, I, started at, I started at four and a half before we did the show, and then I thought about it as we were doing this show, and it dropped to four, and while I was well, talking... Listen, I'll stick with my point two five. Hey, look, you're just just because it's Marvel that that gives it a a, a two point uh, handicap. All right. What? Well, speaking of comics, it made like ninety million dollars uh, without China. <laughs> yeah, but with with okay. China, they did what? No, they didn't do China yet at all. It hasn't opened there uh, at all. So yeah. it's like it's it's a, a successful movie basically. And hasn't opened the Chinese more successful than Black Widow. I think Chang Chi too. Yeah, which is messed up. It does. I did speak to a lot of people, and they all agreed it was stupid, and they still liked it. I just said that. That was literally my review. It's stupid, and I like it. Yeah, I know, but I don't like to. I usually try to hold you in high regard compared to the people I deal with on a day to day basis. But yeah, like if you want me to just treat you like those motherfuckers. I will. <laughs> so I ignore that. <laughs> but but if you want me to teach you that's like, hilarious. Oh, I will. No, because yeah. then you won't stop yourself from punching me in the face if I say yeah, something. Look, Which is gonna happen? Here's the thing. The problem is I don't punch you in the face. I just bottle it in and it comes out in negative. Right, because you don't treat me like other people. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Don't treat me like that. I don't want to get that. I'm gonna yeah. say that. That's gonna yeah, yeah. punch me in the face. I do that all the time. And they thought at least they fixed it with the, the with the end credit scenes, I'm like, they fixed what? <laughs> like, they didn't fix anything. Let's, like, let's talk about comics. Yeah. Let's talk about comics. Yeah. The, like every half an hour, it gets worse. Yeah, just like this. Show. And then, and then they put the cherry on top at the end. Right there, it is. Right for real. Yeah. Anyway, look, look. Cherry, look, look you know how like you know how like that that swirl of whipped cream and then the cherry just fits perfectly. It's not whipped cream. It's actually soft serve shit. And then the cherry like just sank to the bottom. Uh, the cherry is a hemorrhoid. <laughs> so, so yeah, nasty. comics. So nasty. That, that's the title of this episode. The cherry's a hemorrhoid. <laughs> the cherry's <laughs> a hemorrhoid. <laughs> I got a text. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's let's Siri. talk about green. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do a review. Review. Like review. Well, not not like that, but like. All right. Uh, let's talk about Green Lantern Annual uh, Number One. Uh, cause yeah, this is the annual for the latest volume of Green Lantern. It's written by Ryan Cady. Uh, art is by Sammy Bossery and Tom Derenick. Derenick. And, uh, I guess I should say Hi-Fi does the color. Rob Lee does the lettering. It's the story of Jessica Cruz, uh, basically joining the Sinestro Corps. Uh, Jessica Cruz, which is, for those that don't know, one of the newer Green Lanterns of Earth, but she's joining the Sinestro Corps. 
actually, and, uh, even, I, I don't think you can consider her one of the newer members anymore because there's at least two members after her. Yeah, but I mean, well, she's just not, the yeah. Cruise. No, but Larry, like, if you ever work a job where you're the new guy and then no, they don't hire anybody for three years and you're the new guy for three years, but then they hire two people, like, you're not the new guy. Like, yeah, don't give her that newer member shit. Like, she's not the new guy. It's like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like, Jessica Cruz hasn't been she's a not character. The new guy. For, hasn't been a Green Lantern or as a character for that long, right? I mean, it's, she, she's been around, like, five six years now or is it longer than that yeah again she shouldn't be the new guy yeah it doesn't no. matter you got you got two after yeah okay, they're, the new, they're the newer members technically the new the new the newest member is teen lantern although there's right. another lantern that nobody else knew about until like a month ago in oh, you talking about the, oh, the far universe, sector? Not, like, yeah, yeah, the far sector, right? Universe. Yeah, the far sector letter. Like, right, right. Like, I, I, have you heard of this person? I don't know who the fuck that was. Right, but but that feels very typical Hal Jordan too, though. Uh, like I, yeah, I'm yeah. sure he said the same thing as Simon Boss when he first came on the scene too. He's like, yeah, but no Simon, you know, the Green Lantern named Simon. <laughs> but anyway, Simon has a version of his ring, but okay. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, why don't why don't uh, just just give me like just two sentences on your initial thoughts on Green Lantern Annual Number One? Uh, let's start with you, Oz. Two sentences? Why am I so yeah. limited? I'm, I'm gonna ask everyone for two sentences, and then we'll come right back to you, can, and you can We like expound. to do a short, a short review that we can promote on the internet. Any story with Sinestro in it is good, and Jessica Cruz on top makes it better. Indeed, indeed. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag me too would make it a third sentence so i can't even add that why hashtag me too i don't know he made it sound dirty just because she's a <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay uh I Moses, I what... love jessica cruz don't talk about my girl like that <laughs> mo what you what do you think of green lantern annual number one uh, look it's a, like it, it's a good a uh jumping on point and uh, it'll titillate you to read other Green Lantern books that you haven't been reading. There you go. Jay, Green Lantern Annual number one. Give me two sentences on it. Um, it's a good story. But there's a, another story, though, that I also want to read. Wait, say, say the last sentence again? There's another story that I also want to read. What story is that? Another Green Lantern story? story for... Yeah, like, uh, like, those are my two sentences. Yeah, that, that's it. Those are my two <laughs> okay, Jay. Like that's fair. Two, I gave you two. Yeah. You, like, you're, that's like, what you're supposed to do. This is, a, this is a teaser for the full review. The indeed, indeed. Yeah. Uh, as for me, I, I'll say that uh, this definitely felt like the kind of Green Lantern stories that I've been waiting for for a little while now. 
And so I was very happy to have read this this uh, this book. So I, I was going to come back to Oz, but Oz decided to dip out because I don't know. He hates DC that much. I understand. He didn't right have here. the willpower to hold his <laughs> The yellow, the yellow stream beat his willpower. <laughs> the yellow stream is willpower. So, uh, Moses, why, why don't you, why not go to you then, and you talk to us about, you know, expound further on on your thoughts on on this issue. So here on Fantastic Forum, if you've been watching, you've been listening, you know that I love Green Lantern, but I don't love Green Lantern like that. I love Grant Morrison and and Liam Sharp's Green Lantern, the one that's more like a, a heavy metal magazine uh, mm-hmm. version of Green Lanterns. I love that shit. And, uh, you know, I've read Green Lantern on and off throughout my life, and, and it's all been good. It's all been some better than others. You know, if things goes when you follow it in life, it changes. But this one, I think, was just a well-executed book, period. Like, it takes in between two issues that I haven't read that, I, that mm. came out, I think, what, like three months ago or some shit? Something like that. Within the last year, yeah. And uh, it explains some shit in between. So it's like, man, if if I was a reader and I had to wait for this issue to do it, and it, it, it feels like what an annual or what this one-off issue would do and really just explore, like, because it really is just them talking <laughs> about ideologies. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of the Green Lantern Pantheon, where uh, you got the other lanterns with different motivations and different power sets and, and sources of power, because emotions are their source of power. And, uh, you know, you talk about fear and will and imposing will through fear. And you know, Jessica Cruz is a character that I don't know, but having just the little bit of exposure from this issue see how she's a good fit for a yellow lantern as well as a green lantern like they they executed that in a page and this is mm-hmm. like this is a master class in how to write comics yeah because mm-hmm. they explain exposition in dialogue in three patterns on some cases mm-hmm. and then the actual story takes a turn where it's like Oh, you sense their fear, so you went to help them, but you were trying to do good through fear. And then how Jordan comes here, and you know, again, like the Green Lantern called them a fascist in the past, and I was like, "Yeah, you're a fucking cop. Fuck you." Yeah, and um, <laughs> but he his motivation to stop her from doing it, and then seeing her how she's similar to him, but with a yellow ring at the time, and then Sinestro, like, and I know I'm speaking in in fract in fractions because this is like me being high reading it i'm trying to to take you into that (laughs) that moment and it's like it's just finely crafted comics and i didn't expect that from dc (laughs) you know like (laughs) even the way this book is um put out like with the annual um it's essentially a business it's for money it's not for the love of the art like that's how I see these annuals. That's how I see a lot of DC books. A lot of times I see a lot of Marvel books, a lot of big comic books. That's why I, I love reading the independent creator own things because it doesn't have that feel when you're writing the story. Like they have a, a certain momentum, a certain uh, uh, way they are executed in, in panel structure, in dialogue, and, and when when you actually get to do 
uh, good, artfully crafted stories in these big uh, comics, it, it, it's a beautiful thing because it is it's so money driven, and, and they they there's still art in it. And this is this is a perfect example. If I was teaching a class at a university on how to do comics or something, this is a good one because it just it just tackles every aspect of what I would like in this story, which is just tell me about the Green Lantern, tell me about the Yellow Lantern, tell me why it's so bad that she's doing it, uh, and show me how each one would tackle uh, an emergency. Yeah. And, and and it's just done. It's almost formulaic in that sense, but it's formulaic to me. <laughs> like, that. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I felt like. It's form, this is what I would, like, if this would have been any other book 10 years ago, maybe, a random Green Lantern book, or a re, re, uh, uh, random Green Lantern interaction with Yellow, because I feel it's the Yellow Lantern book, but they don't right. have a title. Uh, so every now and then they do those things where it's from that perspective. Like I feel that it'd be it'd be a little one sided. You know, th- there's always these books that feel a little one sided. Even like we're talking about Venom. Well, that's one of the things. It's it all felt one sided. But I don't know whose side they were on. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in, in the movie, it was just uh, convoluted. And, and that's usually my criticism with these type of books. And uh, this one, they, it's just it, it, it is a study in ideology mm-hmm. and different ideologies going for the same goal. Yeah. And it's just, it's a beautiful, it's a, like this, this, this motherfucker should go for an Eisner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, this, this is, this is something that people should read. Like it, it's give it to them as like required reading for like yeah. being an individual in the modern political landscape. Oz, why don't you jump in, man? What what do you think of this book? I don't know if you guys realize that Jessica Cruz is my second favorite Lantern. Behind she Kyle had... Rayner? Oh, I hate you. Like <laughs> Kyle Rayner. Is that just the first thing that popped in your head, or is there a reason you, you threw that out? I Look, I... I, I thought I thought you liked Kyle Rayner for some reason. Is that not true? No, that was Lloyd. Yeah, you probably thought that because I'm an artist too, and he's an artist. No, the, the the my favorite Green Lantern of all time is Sinestro. Oh, boo! <laughs> I feel you though. Hey, no, this you. book this book justifies that though. Yeah, like yeah. Sinestro was yeah. an amazing Green Lantern, and no, him turning absolutely. yellow is like it's amazing. But Jessica Cruz is like right behind like everybody obviously Hal Jordan is the most powerful Green Lantern uh, of all time according to the comic books I think it should be Jessica because Mm. I actually know how she became a Green Lantern right how she became a Green Lantern is so crazy like there's like a a 50 book arc on her like actually like turning into what a green lantern should be she spends like yeah. the first 20 books not even being able to make constructs because of, of yeah. all her, her issues so right. If, right. if if the if the green lantern power is a power to overcome fear jessica cruz should be the most powerful lantern of all time right. Right. Uh, you can literally I, I was afraid of everything yeah and uh, <laughs> uh setting aside uh, uh malayne and teen lantern because i'm not 
a hundred percent sure on them yet. They 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 just came out. They're they're so new. Right. right. I need to learn more about them. But right now it's Jessica Cruz, and her picking up a yellow ring is it, it just made her even more interesting. And right. you guys aren't reading the series, but uh, I started. I I don't know what stories Joe wanted to read. I'm assuming it it had to be the the story of how Jessica Cruz defeated Yellow Lanterns without a ring. Mm-hmm. And that well, was yeah, really I mean, that's interesting, right? Yeah. And yeah. What, what I was going to say is it's kind of a weird thing because it's not like I could tell you issue this through this. I, technically, I could. But what what the uh, last six issues, which is the six issues before this annual were, they, they were an event happens where the power battery gets destroyed. And so all the rings are done. All, all the green lantern rings are done. They, they, they just don't work because the battery, any, well, I should. I Almost. Should, I, I should rephrase that. Any green lantern tied to the battery doesn't work. Mulane's works because it's not tied to, to the battery. Hers works different. We can talk about that if you want. Uh, Hal Jordan's works because it's not really a green lantern ring. He created that out of, sheer force of will right in another book and teen lantern is lantern because it's not really a ring it's a it's a device mm-hmm. so, yeah <laughs> so, all these it's a device gauntlet and backpack anyway so those books are are broken up into like two or three stories you know it's not like a main story in a backup it's literally like two or three stories and jessica's is in like three of those issues but they're not like consecutive because the one of the backup stories like they change it for some reason and well, yeah just that's... tell me what i need to read like... <laughs> i have to i'd have to look it's issue three it's issue three and four i think right not of the current series no it, it might be like three and five and that's the thing oh. it's it, each each issue, it's like a regular size comic that has three different stories going on in it. There, there's a John Stewart story. There's the like the main story of like what happened. Well, I guess it's technically a Simon Bass slash Mulane. Wait, story. but her story isn't in that one. I don't know what specific issue. Look, I can go. I have those books. I can go when we're done. I can go look through them and see which books specifically have her story. But it's not like like I read I them today. All six. Yeah, it's in there. Or there technically, there. I read three last night and three this afternoon. Okay, I look. I know her story is in there because that was actually my favorite of the stories in the books. Was when you get to her alone in a space station, uh, knowing what I know about her fears, and then suddenly green, uh, yellow lanterns show up. I, I know her story was the best. Because it, it and it was more like a like the aliens movie, I guess. She, I mean, she's alone in a, in a space station, and now there's a threat that she has to take out. So yeah, I, I that's the story you want you want to see. And as I'm trying to recall all the all all the the books that I read about that, I don't think you're gonna get you're gonna be satisfied with the solution. <laughs> I'm not. 100%, I'm not a hundred percent sure there was an actual battle. 
to be honest. I know she she took out. I, I'm sure you see her taking out at least one. I don't think she took out all of them in the books. And it just means like I got I gotta go read one through six again. Listen, Joe Joe reads comics digitally, so you know they don't give you all the comics there sometimes. Maybe that happened. <laughs> like and trust me, I I've been I love the format. Like how they've been breaking up these stories and telling them uh tell like making sure everyone's story gets told a little bit. Um mm-hmm. especially like the Simon Bass story, which technically I didn't like technically is a teen not lantern. for him just i like teen lantern and her story is awesome like the way she her constructs are like people she knows um is amazing <laughs> i just like the fact that she thought well if sinestro did this then i should go kill sinestro and like nobody's stopping her because nobody can right <laughs> That's hilarious. Just, like, I'm just gonna go to New Korogar and and kill this guy because obviously he must have done it, right? Okay, I'm just gonna go do it, and like no nobody stops her. No, well they can't because no other rings work. So she's gone. Right. And Malane has to come over and explain to Sinestra why he shouldn't kill this this little kid that's destroying his city. Now you want to talk a uh, philo- uh, philosophical debate? Uh, the conversation between Sinestro and her is actually a really good one. Uh, and the team or Jessica? Hmm? Sinestro and Teen Lantern or, or no. Jessica? And, uh, what's her name? Uh, Far Jessica Sector Crew. Girl. Far Se- oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. No. What's her name? Wrote Ro- something? <laughs> no, it's it's uh, her last name is Sojourner Mulane. Right. Like the the conversation between uh, Sinestro and Sojourner is a really good one. Um, like the way they frame uh, her beliefs and her preconceptions, and how she's willing to put them aside to have a conversation with Sinestro, and it's yeah, it it's a man, it's a highlight. That's a good story, but the the thing that makes the annual the story in the annual good too is because we don't really get a lot about the yellow rings. Like we know the Sinestro Core mm-hmm. bases its power on fear, but we never actually mm-hmm. see how Sinestro believes fear can do good. Because ultimately right. that is what he, he's trying to do. That's he couldn't do good as a Green Lantern. Uh, he felt he could do more as a yellow lantern. And so this is this whole book is him explaining the philosophy of why he believes that using the power that the power of fear uh, is better than than just pure will. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that this uh, this page that I shared here, it it, it uh it kind of it's like a tiny microcosm uh, of that where how Jordan tells her like, so I'm, I'm going to scold you now that, <laughs> you know, here you're not doing, and he's like, well, I'm not part of your core anymore. Technically you're the only one that has a ring. And, uh, and she's like, 
defending herself for even using the ring just to try to get home. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and, that, and actually, did, that, that's one of the things that bugged me the most about this book was was Hal Jordan, because of all the people to mm-hmm. harass, like the, the way he comes at Jessica for having a yellow ring. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, dude, you've worn the yellow ring. You weren't everything right. color of the rainbow for a specific reason yeah, because yeah. you had to at the time. So you should understand mm-hmm. if, like, she tells you up front, hey, I needed to get home. I was in space. Yeah. Like, right. you, it's, it's not like you know, the, anybody with an active green lantern ring came and got her, you know? It's not like she loved to get home and a star sapphire came and helped her. It's not like she was like, <laughs> I have the will to get home in a green lantern. It's like, man, I hope to get home one day and then a blue one comes, you know? Like, she's like, I'm afraid I'm never going to be home. And then she mm-hmm. fucked, she fucked three green lantern, uh, yellow lanterns up with without any power, mm-hmm. you know? And then, I but what she says in that, in that, in those panels, it's, this is, Exquisite writing for me, like this is what I like. This is like a, 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 a nice seven-year-old bourbon, where it's like, I was afraid to use this ring, <laughs> and it's a fear ring, and she's afraid to use it, and then she sees the good she could do with it now that she can't use the green one, and she's like, that conquered fear, like that's a. a some kind of hope or maybe another weird emotion <laughs> that just conquered her fear and she's still you know still fearful about it and that still fearful about it is where uh, where that that um ability to still fear it and still be able to do the good i think is where the balance lies in these wielding of the yellow rings where it's like you fear it and you still use it that fear brings it respect and it brings it, it it lets you go not go down that darker path <laughs> you know uh you know where say fear leads to the dark side <laughs> yeah um but it, it's it's like yeah you can be afraid of it but you can you got to respect it. you know they always say about the fear of god it's like nobody's afraid of god they just fear of him and respect him you know and everything, that's kinda... everything that hal jordan does in this book I think would have been better served if you had Teen Lantern, at least uh, Sojourner, Mulane. Like somebody that doesn't know Sinestro, doesn't know that, like somebody that shows up, like all I know is that the, the yellow ring guys are bad. Yeah. Right. And the, the, way, the way he acts, because like I said, Hal Jordan has worn a yellow ring because he's had to. He's, right. had, he's had But to he's be, also the company, man. Like he's the. He's, He's not the company dude. man. His ring isn't even a lantern corn ring. It, it's his own, like his own will created a ring. But again, historically, like he's been the, the, the police guy. He's been the detective. Like he's been the, 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 the he's a military guy. You know, yeah, like you're talking about Guy Gardner more than Hal Jordan. Like, I, would, I would say it's I'm John, talking, I'm talking about John Stewart before, now. But I'm, I'm talking about Hal Jordan before even Guy Gardner existed. Like yeah. that's who he was traditionally. Like that's who he is at his core. Like he's grown, and you watch him yeah. grown. Like you only like him because he's grown. That's why the new fifty two can come and go, and the Green Lantern book with him in it still more or less stays the same until Grant Morrison yeah. gets there. You know, because it, it, he's his journey has been a forty year old journey. You can't just throw that shit away. 
I do see the point you're making, Mo. I, I, I do think I agree with, with Oz, though, just because, like, because of what he's yeah, been doing. Yeah, well, through, you guys read the book. Like, I have this more empathy. <laughs> but but what I will say is what I can definitely agree with you on, Mo, is that I do feel like, yeah, this book is definitely a book that is a great demonstration on how a story can be like a self-contained story, like a comic that you can literally just hand to somebody and be like, read this, and they'll understand this story like it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. But at the same time, it still fits right into the continuity of the current comic book. And it, like it, it, it does like what Joe said, where it, it piques your interest and you hear about these instances and these stories that if you want to go and read the main series, you can go do that and get those stories. It doesn't even give you like it, the only footnote it gives you throughout this whole book, if I'm remembering correctly, is it tells you that it takes place before issue number five. Um, but outside of that, all, all you know is like, OK, well this happened at some point and if you want to go see that story then you know that you can go to green lantern in the current green lantern series and it's probably somewhere in like before or around issue number five you know what i mean and so but but it doesn't matter because all the information you need they give you in the story because she tells you what she did but if you want to see it which they give you just enough information that i know i felt the same way jay did where i was like I want to see that story. Now, I, I didn't know Jay had actually read all the, the current comics and still didn't see it, which I'm like, that sucks. I hope, because I'm going to do the same thing. Like, I read, like, the first three, and I didn't read that story either, so I got to read the next three, and I'm hoping that I'll see, come across it too, <laughs> you know? But if I don't, then I'll be like, Oz, where did you see the story? No. <laughs> like, That's but, what I want to know. <laughs> I read four, five, and six today. <laughs> And they're great, like each one phenomenal. Yeah. Where's this Jessica Dude, Cruz story? I, I, and that's how I felt about like I read, I, I was trying and to read all. Oh, good. The, the annual takes place before issue five. That's the one thing I do know. Okay. Like they mentioned mm -hmm. that. And all I right. did not see that story in one through four. I, I will say that, you know, I was trying to read all of the six issues as well before I read this one, but I ran out of time. So I only got to three of them. And then I'm like, okay, well, let me read this book so I can be current for the show. But like this Green Lantern series is, is great. And, you know, I'm, ha I'm very happy like that I got to read, you know, the, the first three issues because it does reference some things in this issue, but again, it does it so well where I'm like, even if I had not read those issues, I would know like, well, I need to be reading Green Lantern because apparently something happened to, to the battery, the Green Lantern battery on Oa. And apparently there's like a new Lantern that, I'm, you know, no one knows about that is like, have you ever heard of her? And, you know, it's just her and Hal Jordan and that's about it, you know? And I'm just like, wow, like this is like, it makes things, that are happening in the Green Lanterns, like the 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 sphere of the Green Lantern universe, sound really interesting. And all it is is just giving you kind of like backstory, you know what I'm saying? Because it's all happening in the context of these characters having conversations with each other and catching up. Because they're like, "Dude, Jessica, you're alive! Like, thank God!" You know, <laughs> and it's like awesome. It feels very natural, but it's exposition. 
So it's good stuff, man. And you still get your action and you still get conflict, whether you're talking about like actual physical conflict or you're just talking about like Mo was talking about earlier too, with the difference, the the clash of the philosophies. So it's, it's, it's a great book. And on top of that, like, you know, the art is good. <laughs> you know, where it's just like, and, and you have two different artists and it's still like both of them is, you know, are, are like they did the job, you know? Yeah, consistent. They work well with each other. And, uh, you know, at first I was like, okay, this is not, you know, the greatest art, but it, it, it was good. <laughs> like, no, it's when good. They, and that's, a, yeah, that, you're right. Like, it's, it's, it's not going to knock your socks off, but it's good. Right. But the thing is, they're all talking. So it's like just having different facial expressions at different moments in different panels mm -hmm. alone is an achievement because it's, it's an easy book to cut and paste. Yeah, yeah. And that's true. And, you know, and I, like Oz was saying, any book with Sinestro is good. And yeah. while while I'll say that that was like the case, definitely in certain points in Green Lantern, I personally don't feel like that's always the case, but it was definitely the case with this book. And the, the, that's the one complaint we don't have about that Ryan Reynolds movie. Sinestro was still tight. Yeah, Sinestro <laughs> was amazing. Right. I agree. Yeah. And and in this book, like some of Sinestro's like mannerisms and his facial expressions are so spot on. Like it just feels very, very like peak Sinestro. Oh, like yeah. Sinestro, it's like and, and it's like it's really cool because throughout this book you kind of see like Sinestro knows exactly what he's doing. And it like the like it it feels like he, he's like, oh dude, I'm like I got all of this handled. And by the time you get to the end of the story, you're like, dude, this fool does. Like he's yeah. like, you know, you kind of like, dude, like you, I could totally see somebody that doesn't know Sinestro would be like, who's this guy to have this kind of air about him? Yeah. And then by the time you get to the end of the book, you're like, oh, I know now. <laughs> and that's the weird thing where too, where he's not like you would think as a the the head of the fear core, mm. like he's not inspiring fear. <laughs> you mm. know, like, he's not scary. You know, he's not doing things to make you fear him. You know, it, it, it's it's like yeah, the the his poses, his stances, yeah, it, it, it's even like the the artist, like this is where they they shine because they made him look really like as part of something. Like his head's not too oddly shaped, not not too disproportionate. Like because in yeah. in all the books when he was a villain, like that was one of the big things too. Before he was a Yellow Lantern, per se, like he had that big oblong head you know mm -hmm. to make the you know that make you know that he's a villain the classic look <laughs> mm -hmm. but my brother always talks about how they did like the dc showcase when he was a kid on tv and he saw the sinestro and then he watched the superman episode with the green lantern and sinestro it's like it was just like that one i saw in the 70s like and sinestro makes a, he, sinestro always makes an impression <laughs> I guess is what I can take from that. Yeah. And in this book, he's like, yeah. I know Sinestro. I like Sinestro. Making another impression. Yeah. So, Oz, you got anything else you want to add before we start getting towards ratings in, in regards to this, this particular book? No. That's fair. How about you, Jay? Right. Um, I, just right. through, I just looked through issue four. That fight isn't there. 
<laughs> so look, you gotta you have uh, a physical copy for the fight, uh, uh, Jay. I, I need the fight. I, I don't. I, I I don't think you get the fight. I think you get them showing up and Jessica Cruz like having a plan, and I think that's where it ends. Oh wow, that's wild. Anyway, so okay, Jay, what what would you rate Green Lantern Annual number one? Um, I would rate it a five. Um, I love the story. I love the interactions. I love how afraid Jessica is because that's like the one thing I know about her is that she is afraid. Mm-hmm. And so to see them like really take that and kind of run with it and just make it this huge character event happening in the middle of this Green Lantern event is amazing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Moses Magnum, what would you rate Green Lantern annual number one? Look, this shit was so good. I thought Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp did it. You're hilarious. Uh, I <laughs> like, it, it, the whole episode is really a conversation. The action in it is really just to cement <laughs> the concepts in this book and it's just well executed i i was really surprised to see that i didn't recognize anybody anybody's name working on this and and you need mm-hmm. to recognize these people you i want to see uh katie's uh image book <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah uh oz what would you rate green lantern annual number one i was scanning through all the other issues digitally and it's bugging me that I'm not seeing Jessica Cruz in it. I know I read something where Jessica Cruz is alone in a space station and sees the yellow lanterns coming and it, it's it's upsetting me that I'm not seeing it in this digital version. I'm going to have to because now I have to go to the my storage room, find the box Take a, find those comics, take them out, and and go through them because I don't know, maybe something's wrong with this di- digital version that I'm staring at. So I I gotta I gotta look through that and find where those books are. But I know I remember reading Jessica Cruz. It, it felt like like Alien, you know. It's it's her mm-hmm. by herself, and and there's a there's an enemy on board, and she's got to figure out how to take him out with not nothing but her wits. And uh, and her will, I guess. But uh, that aside, this book by itself, dude, five out of five. Anybody, people should pick it up. Now I'm a little bit biased because obviously I'm a fan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like like you guys said, it's a great jumping on point. It's it's an interesting conversation in philosophy, if that's your thing. Uh, it and it's a it's a good place to start if you want to get into Green Lantern books. There it is. There it is. I, I, I'm like, obviously, I, I can't even go against the crew at this point. It's like it is, in fact, a five out of five book. It's fantastic. It's everything against the crews. <laughs> it's it's everything you would probably be looking for in a Green Lantern book. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Like, do yourself a favor. Like, even if you're like, hey, I, I'm kind of, you know, I, I, I'm a little ambivalent about Green Lantern. It's like, 
give this book a read and you know you might it, it can definitely give you an idea of what you might be able to expect the kind of stories you can expect from the series and you know you might decide you want to give that a try too because you know it's early on in the run so yeah check it out five out of five from the fantastic forum good stuff one more sinestro pick <laughs> yeah look at look at his eyes man that's awesome like just that scene is like it's like when uh when Luke tells Yoda, I'm not afraid, and he's like, you will be. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's <laughs> that scene. Yeah. 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 Like, the color the color is hi-fi. What is it? Hi-fi did the colors? Like, it's all, it's, it's a masterful, like, it's a master class in comic writing. Now, when you have an ongoing series, you can't do this month in and month out. Like, I, I know it can't be an expectation, but that's why it's a fucking annual. Yeah, mm -hmm. it takes a whole year to make this masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, let's uh, let's switch gears and let's do some some news some, before uh, I play uh, that news music. Yeah, and I'm mad that. Oh, oh no, no, not news, news. Do oh, Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. Oh, Doom Patrol. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. I oh, didn't watch it. So I can, I'm just gonna sit here. What? I'm behind. I, you know, I was I was planning on catching up yesterday, but you made me watch Venom. Nah, listen, you were supposed to have been watching Doom Patrol and Venom. No, I don't. I don't have time for that. Oh well, listen. I didn't know that you weren't watching Doom Patrol. I would have told you to watch that instead. Even no, not not knowing what I know today, uh, I would have told you to watch that still. <laughs> Comic book theater. I only got through like half the season of the second season of Doom Patrol. I haven't finished. Gotcha. So yeah. Gotcha. And uh but before yeah. we continue with Doom Patrol, mm -hmm. um I think uh for a one shot, Oz and Joe should be Give us the definitive reading list. No, you get you got a little muffled. Mo, say that again. I think Oz and Joe should give us the definitive reading list of, like, if you want to get into Jessica Cruz Green Lantern, like, what we need to read. Oh yeah, that that would be a cool video. Okay. So also I'll, watch. I'll expect it on my desk by Friday. <laughs> you don't have a desk. What the fuck you think the show on? Or do you want to do the books and I'll do the cartoon? Wait, you guys this... do it together. Wait, we're actually you guys doing do cartoon. You do one one video. Like, have a do you have? Can you watch that? Us? No, no. Like, I, I'm not saying watch it and, and do a review of it. I'm saying do a listicle video. Like, oh, just, listicle. Yeah, just do. Tell us what we need to to, to read. Like, I mean, if I you want to do a review, do it. But don't wait six. Like, if it's gonna take you six months to do that, don't do that. Like, I, I want this done by Friday. Friday. <laughs> I get like twelve hours in this studio for until like December. Again, that means we have to end on time, and you guys record it after. We're never end on time. <laughs> so we have one day. To, we have one day to produce and and shoot and, and and execute, and then one and then Friday I'll post it. 
So, so, so. Well, my list, my part of the list is done. Okay. Like, I already know what I would suggest. Like, all right. She was on the TV show? She was That's in bad one. Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Oh. oh, yeah, she was in that one. Which is actually really good. And it's in continuity with the, the Justice League uh, animated series. I thought he was talking about like the DC Girls one where Jessica Cruz is brave. She is in that. Yeah. I don't watch that show. No, it's um, bad. I wouldn't have thought of that. But it's good that you're thinking of it. You're it's keeping not. it in the public eye. I, I wasn't DC Superhero to. Girls. Mary Young says no, go read he says watch it. I don't say that at all. <laughs> It, watch it instead of Venom. <laughs> not, not, not in general. <laughs> if you got a choice, you should definitely take that bullet versus the Venom bullet. Now I got a symbiote. <laughs> it's named Conundrum. And it's that like, should... should the title be The Cherry is a Hemorrhoid or Watch This Instead of Venom? Oh. Uh, I I'll say know. watch this instead of Venom. Okay. The cherry is the hemorrhoid it is. <laughs> so, uh, Doom Patrol Season 3 started a few weeks ago. Um, I think it's at Episode 4? Yes, Episode 5 comes out tomorrow. Okay, so um, what what have you all been thinking about this latest, this latest season so far, which I don't. Do either of you happen to know how many episodes it's going to be this season? Or I think it's eight. Eight. That makes sense. I guess that's that's kind of the this typical eight to ten episodes is what you get these days, right? Which is which is kind of crazy, but at the same time, as long as they're high quality episodes, I'm not mad at it. Well, that was the thing with DC Universe shows; like they didn't go too long, and the ones that did go long. Like ran out of budget. <laughs> I think yeah, I think this season is actually seven. Seven. Okay. Oh wow! So we're halfway done. Yeah, more than. Man. So. So, yeah. Look, Oz, what, what have you been thinking about Doom Patrol so far? Uh, I only watched the first two. Okay. But I mean, it's what we got in the first two seasons weird quirky stuff that looks uh, that's good it, it's just good and weird and quirky it's what umbrella academy is trying to be and fails at consistently damn damn wow that's interesting okay okay how about you jay what do you think um i'm enjoying the season i mean it kind of starts off high and kind of dips low but even the low is like pretty good, okay. and it's definitely got some good lines, like uh, the professor telling Jane to eat him, like is hilarious. <laughs> even though it took me a while to get it, like I got that one the next day. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty funny once I did realize. Subtleties of strong suit is what you're saying, right? And then vacay patrol, man. I 
you know me, like, or you may or may not know me, but <laughs> I love super villain, like, retiring or, like, off-the-clock stories, and Vacate Patrol does that <laughs> in, like, a real way. Like, I, I love that. Like, I love that episode. I like who so good. I'm trying to figure out who the person it is, Jay, that's supposed to know that you're a big fan of supervillain vacationing stories. <laughs> like who who is who is that person that knows you that well? That's just like well, you should. Yeah, should I? I tell you about it all the time. Me, I, I am that person. Oh, and I I've mentioned it on the I've mentioned it on the show a lot of times. Like, like he loves that. When the Punisher goes to the bar of villains, like he loves that story. Yeah, but that's and, not and, vacationing. No, but they're off the clock. They're just chilling in the, in the bar. Like he loves that yeah. because not being villains, they're just chilling. Mm. And then that's why I recommended the Ryan Stegman, uh, uh, Nick Spencer Spider Man book where Spider Man goes to that bar mm-hmm. and hangs out with the villains too. Yeah. Because I know Joe better than you. Yeah. The trope officially called. Uh, punch clock villains, where uh, basically what? it's. <laughs> what? I was like, "What? There's a that's a trope and it has a name." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And know. it starts off with like there was the old Warner Brothers cartoons with the wolf and the sheepdog, and you know they were clocking to work, and the wolf's job was to steal the sheep, and the mm-hmm. sheepdog was to stop him. And you know they would do their thing, and then they would take lunch together, and like, mm-hmm. and then right after lunch they would be back at it. And it's like I've always loved that ever since then. And stories that do that, or put the villain in a vacationing role, like where they're yeah. they're just not doing their thing anymore. Um, that was one of the things I loved about Impulse, where Max Mercury, his villain, like his main villain, just like decided to stop. And he was just There's, like, like Joe brought up those that series of, of books he read because of Venom too, and I think in that book, in that series of books, if not before or after, there's like a scene where Venom and Spider Man are just chilling on a beach, and then the Human Torch comes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Is that in that series of books, Joe, or, or is, is um, no? That one's a little different. Like. Okay. That one, he actually went there to find Venom. And that was when Venom still hated him, but thought he was dead. But he was still, like, off the clock, right? Like, he was just chilling? Yeah, well, he would, he retired because he thought yeah. Spider-Man was dead. So he yeah, was just yeah. hanging out on the beach. So for those like, two, like, chill. pages, he was, like, it was a glorious off-the-clock <laughs> villain. <laughs> and that the movie reminded me of that at the end. But I wasn't supposed to spoil it. I'm sorry. So and then there was a time Doctor Doom was just kind of hanging out in New York, um, and like he got into a fight with the thing because Thing thought he was up to something, but he was just like chilling, like, dude, I'm not even here trying to cause trouble. I'm just on vacation, <laughs> and Thing ends up getting his ass kicked over nothing. That's but wild. yeah. So that's what I'm into, and VK Patrol does that. Um, I can't remember the dude's name, but 
he worked with the big brain and his job was to sit there and wait for the doom patrol to show up or no, he was waiting for a call to tell them to like call to action that never came because the doom patrol had already beaten him. And so they're just at the spa waiting. And the dude is like, finally he's like, you know what? Let's just stop. Like we don't need to do this anymore. And you know, he has a, he has a conversation with cliff. Like they talk and hang out. And then, uh, a cyborg tries to start shit. And the dude is like, yo, we don't need to have a problem here. Like, we're just doing our thing. <laughs> we're relaxing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then it even goes so far as to like when they, they end up do getting the call at the end near the end of the episode, because of course they do. And the dude is like, no, let's just ignore it. Like he's telling his friend, like, let's ignore it. Like it's over. It's been like 50 years. Like we should just put the shit behind us. And he even goes to warn the Doom Patrol when his buddy is like, nah, I'm I'm still on the clock. <laughs> so yeah, I love that episode. That was a highlight for me. Um Zombie Butts. Funny. Like funny. Not gonna lie. Zombie butts trying to eat brains is pretty funny. <laughs> such a weird show, man. <laughs> it's such a weird show. It oh, and there's a great scene where, and this is spoiler territory, but Mo, I know you don't mind. Yeah. At one point, the team is killed, and they're mailed to the house, and Larry finds them, and he, like, puts them together and wraps them in bandages and sets them at the living room table. And so when Dorothy comes home, she's just like looking at the scene and she's like, Larry, why did you put our dead friends, like why did you set up our dead friends at the living room table? <laughs> and it, it's so funny. And he's like, yeah, looking at it with fresh eyes, I can see how this is, doesn't work. <laughs> The funniest like, part of that is that Mary show. has fresh eyes. <laughs> but it's such a good show. It's so fun. Yeah. It, it's just, it's interesting how how random it feels like the show is allowed to get without feeling disjointed or disconnected, you know? It's yeah. like all the random stuff that does happen all kind of feels like there's a certain rhyme or reason to it. And not all of it is con directly connected to like what's happening from a story perspective, but it just feels like a natural progression of some of these characters or some of the situations, even if they don't tie into the larger narrative. Well, they laid a foundation. Like you look at that first season and it's all randomness that's actually part of the story connected. Right. Right. And then when you get to the second season and now third, like you can deviate from the main story and still have it feel almost like a comic book. Like you have your mm -hmm. offshoots that are part of the saga or they take place in the different timeline. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the beauty of that show, uh, doing that. And it, you know, 
it's something that it leaves a lot to be desired when you see something like the Venom movie. <laughs> you know? Right. Like they, they can get random. And they get random, but it's like there's no kind of foundation. Yeah. Uh, uh, so something to say? Yes, you in the Starfleet uniform. It's, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. It's just, it, it's been bugging me since we started. But uh, <laughs> the, Joe, Jay, the, uh, the book you want to read is uh, Future State Green Lantern number one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Future I will state. check that out. Wait, what, is it a backup story? Because it isn't the that's not in the Future State timeline, is it? It's in the Future State Green Lantern book, and there's there's two stories in the book. I'm looking at it right now digitally. There's two stories, and one of them is the full uh, Jessica Jessica Cruz story. Wait, did we review that? No, no, we reviewed Future State. Because that was its own thing, okay. We didn't review like the because there's future state Batman, future state this, future yeah, state yeah. yeah everyone. Yeah, they like they have a whole line of books. I think we just did it as a whole because you guys weren't going to read all those books. I did, but you guys won't. Well, I read a lot, a lot of them. I don't believe that. We just My plan was to read all of them. By the way, but it's, it's just that didn't happen. It's just Future State Green Lanterns number one. You don't need to read number two because that story's done after that. Honestly, reading the annual made me want to go back and like catch up on all the current. Like, I'm happy with the the series, like the one through six and whatever. But I actually do did want to because I was considering going back and doing Future State and just getting up like all the Green Lantern stuff, like. I like Green Lantern. It's been like forever since I've actually read Green Lantern, but I've always liked the Green Lantern, and I've especially liked the concept when they like turned everything into emotional spectrums. Like I thought that was interesting. Okay, well, uh, yeah, Future State was two books, and if you like the John Stewart stuff, that's where most that's like the bulk of of those books is his stuff. Okay. Now, now that, Mo, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't watch Doom Patrol because I, I, I wanted to ask you about their portrayal of the dead boy detectives. I can already tell you that it, it you know, judging by how the Doom Patrol series is and, and how it, it it's not like the comic, but it feels like in the right tone. You know, like I, I can already tell you that's probably what's gonna be it because it's, it, it, it just has that Grant Morrison feel to it. It's weird. yeah, but that's what Detectives has nothing to do with Grant Morrison. Um, but it, it it is from that era of comics, that British invasion, like rock and roll had the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and 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 Rolling Well, Stone. they made their first appearance in Sandman, right? So, and that's the thing that that. that that uh, British invasion for comics happened in the 80s with Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, Neil Gaiman, Garth Ennis, you know? And, uh, mm -hmm. and so they're part of, and they're in the same wheelhouse. So I can see them doing it right and doing it well. Um, I'm disappointed that it came out here before it came out in the Sandman Netflix series because I've actually watched the, <laughs> the teaser for that series. And like, not only does it look just like it's the comic. 
it looks just like it's the lock and key one too. <laughs> yeah. Now, so, I, I do have a little bit of bad news for you, Mo. Uh-huh. Uh HBO Max did order a pilot for Dead Boy Detectives. Okay, that's gonna produced by Berlanti. <laughs> um, I, yeah, that is disappointing, and uh, my comic boner did go down now. Um, uh, yeah, it, and it, it's that's the that's part R. of the e. problem. That's part of the pro problem with uh, when you have something like you make something for the big comics, like they're going to use it because they have the rights. You know, when you, you read the, there was a dead boy detectives, uh, mini series. And that's probably what they're going to be doing. If and that's probably what they have the rights on. And, uh, that was okay. That was good. The, the actual Sandman story was good, but the way that Sandman goes is they're just dreams. Like they're, they're stories that, that happen along the main, side the, the, along the main sandman story and, and he encounters those uh dreams or realities uh you can't tell the difference because they're blurring together and um that's you know in reading sandman like now uh is uh, coping with harley's death sandman has been a great fucking help i, I don't even i can't even like i i need to like Bow down in front of Neil Gaiman because I don't uh, do did anything a therapist couldn't do in <laughs> just reading Sandman forty through fifty, and uh, um, and that's kind of what it is. It's like you know that's the sand. The Sandman throws the sand to your eyes to fall asleep, and you dream these stories, and that's that's kind of what these these adaptations are. They're shitty as. you know, a, a a shitty piece of shit person like Berlanti could dream up. A Dead Boy Detective series, and it's not going to be the Dead Boy Detective series. Yeah. Uh, Derek A says, Why the Berlanti hate? He's the only guy who's managed to be successful on TV with DC's goofy characters. Uh, Derek, Derek, uh, I can see why Derek uh, loves Berlanti because Derek and any line of work Derek has ever done, he could be a hero in a Berlanti. TV show. The desk <laughs> jockey IT guy is the most valuable asset in any Berlanti TV show. I'd have Derek H on my superhero team. I, look, for me, Derek H would be the thinker. You know, like <laughs> like that. that he's, he's a brilliant person. Yeah. Berlanti I, wouldn't I, use him as that. He would use him as with, uh, the, with the hot the, wife that would betray him. Like I, I'm not even I wouldn't even put him through that. I'm like I this guy's on my team. I can't trust him. Oh, I could trust him. I, I mean, I could trust him to to like I'm gonna suffer, but it's gonna be for a good reason because no, his, his brain works on that level. He's gonna stab me in the back so quick. No, I don't trust him. Uh, he won't stab you in the back. He will. No, nah, he won't. You don't you're know. Saying, you're That's saying he's thing. gonna steal. He's gonna steal your hot wife, huh? Is that what you say? No, he's gonna. <laughs> please, she she will avenge my death. <laughs> you don't know Derek well enough. Derek Derek won't stab you in the back. It's not it's illogical to do that. I think I know Derek better than you guys. Derek Derek is like the Vulcan on your team. Like I see the true Derek. You guys see the facade that that he puts up, the the uh the non-emotional Vulcan face where I know I know the craziness going 
behind the mask. No, nah, you're wrong. This is like what, like during your pillow talk or something? Like, what, where are you seeing this, Derek? <laughs> he says that. Derek, Derek H says, I would definitely steal Amber. He says that because it would be the logical thing to say. At this <laughs> like, he doesn't even feel that. Like, he's just there. It's just the logical thing to say right now. Like, I can barely keep her from stabbing me in the face. So. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you, you, like you. I, I, I'm convinced you hired a dog babysitter just to like keep her from eating it. Yes, I've, I've told people, if, if I leave her and the dog alone while I'm out of town for, for a month, one of them is not going to be alive when I get back, and I don't know which one. I really oh, don't. Yeah. I don't know how to take that. But okay. Wow. Anyway. So, I think that's about it for Doom Patrol, right? Is that five out of five. I'm sorry, I was rereading Future State while you guys were talking. Blah blah blah. Future, a Doom Patrol. Oh look, it's Robot Man. Oh, blah 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 blah. I'm a ghost, and there's ghosts fucking and all oh, threesome. It's, whatever. Oh, okay. Look, like, I like you it's say this now. This is the only good. D, this is the only good DC TV show you got, man. You might not want to poo poo all over it. It's and guess what? Their kids Berlanti has nothing to do with it. Yeah, he look. He's like funding it at best. Yeah, he had the idea for it, but all the shows that Berlanti has a direct hand in have turned to crap. That includes Flash. Flash lately is is crap. They Flash has been been crap since season four, right? Flash and Arrow started good by season three. They just downhill, just straight downhill. I haven't seen Legends of Tomorrow lately, but Legends still Legends of Tomorrow decent, right? No, no, it's not decent. It's okay because the characters understand that they're a parody at this point. Like they they realize they're a joke. And so that kind of like gives them a little like if if these characters took themselves seriously, this show would be horrible. Mm -hmm. And the last season was just ass. Oh, that's unfortunate. The, the, The one saving grace in it is is Constantine like he he's what kept me coming back and you know he gets like two episodes to himself that are that are great that I love because it's Constantine being Constantine and just screwing over everybody but the shows where like other people show up honestly my my wife has a better time it like enjoys Legends of Tomorrow more than I do because I actually take each episode and cut out just the Constantine parts and show her that. And so she thinks it's a great show because I've cut out all the crap. And considering like Constantine really just has his total time in the last season was two and a half episodes worth tells you how good that season was. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I'll still say I feel like Doom Patrol is probably like top of the mountain as far as DC television content's concerned. But you know, better I'm than, watching all of it. Better than Superman and Lois. He hasn't watched that. No, I no, I, I do watch Superman and Lois. It's a, it's a good show. It's, it's like Superman and Lois might be as good. It's definitely a different type of show. I feel like I, I think I still think Doom Patrol only because I feel like Doom Patrol leans more into its comic book roots. Like Superman and Lois is a good show, but 
it's it's a family drama that happens to have superhero stuff in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would say Star Girl's better. Oh, dude, no, no one believes you, Oz. I no one believes you. Have you seen season two? <laughs> no, no one believes you. No, Oz, there's no way that that Star Girl show got that good you as one of angry. those two shows. I don't believe it. Like, you're, I, I just like you're, you're just angry at her because she gained a, like five pounds. No. I don't know how many pounds she gained because I haven't seen second season. But Jake like the first season's fat, enough. Like fat star girl or star fat or something. No, Jay I did not do that. I, I Jay, didn't do that. Jay's I, way more clever than that. I must have been. <laughs> yeah, must have been Jay, Jay's, Jay's real clever. I, I I know what you're talking about. He, he said it in the in the fucking pre-production tech. He called her a fat fuck. That's what he said. <laughs> no, I he, didn't. More witty. <laughs> I, I, I don't so, feel like Jay. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jay. Derek says, I saw Berlanti's name in the Doom Patrol credits. Yeah. The Legends is basically talking. just reverse sexual harassment every week. How many women has what's her name slept with? Why can't they get slept with everybody? But the thing is, it's not harassment if they like it. Yeah. I, I'm going to leave that alone. No, but that that's <laughs> interesting. Like, I've been to sexual harassment training. They say it's not harassment if you like it. Like the moment that you say they say no and you keep doing it, then it's harassment. I'm I'm leaving that alone. I'm trying not to get canceled in 2021. No, you can't get no, canceled. Most right. Yeah, I'm doing it by the book. If you oh, if you like, on, the if moment you, they're uncomfortable, yeah, and they, they say no, no stop. And, they, and then you keep doing it. So even if they say no and, and you stop, you're good. They they harassment. For the most part, like there's some things that are a little too overt. Yeah. yeah if you unfurl it and, and like wrap it around your wrist and ask them what time it is, then yeah, you're going to get right. Yeah. Like that, they don't have to say no or stop. Yeah. Like that's automatically. Hey, nobody likes that. Harassment. Yeah. I did yeah. that once and like never again. So, uh, the worst yeah. was one I heard about when Oz did it, where he had a picture of it and he told some chick, "Have you seen my missing baby?" <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "Oh, it's a preemie." <laughs> like, was your wife uh -huh. on crack? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Anyway, okay. Should we do some news? Sure. Yeah. Comics are done. There's no paper in the world. The finite resources are open. <laughs> and the collapse of humanity is, is yeah. imminent. Hey, hey, man. Oh, I play the music. music. Play the music, oh, okay. Unholy Beelzebub. <laughs> if you're going to look, I like it so I can get cheered up. Comic book news. We should have a, like, uh, Comic book like, her, news. <laughs> well, not, not like that, but like. You got. You got me out here all twisted up. I read that story too, and I was like, yeah. "Oh no!" <laughs> it's like the Joe, man, high five that your got camera. to the comics. Joe, high what? five your camera. High five your camera, Joe, because we're digital comics guys. Yeah. We don't have to worry about finite resources, dude. Digital well, comics are so awesome, except for the power grid. Like, because once that goes down, our digital comics are gone. <laughs> dude, the fact well, that I don't there. have. The fact that I don't have to wait till tomorrow to go buy Green Lantern Future State is awesome. Like, I just bought it and I can read it right after the show. 
Look, I have a one shot in the can. A Fantastic Four one shot. You're gonna get that if you subscribe, like, hit the bell. We're gonna have extra content that we don't get to on the live show because we're talking about too much other shit. Uh, for uh, we have Demons Scott Snyder's new book with Greg Capullo on Comicsology dropped yesterday. I was able to read it yesterday, film the review, and then all I had to do is edit it today, which I didn't have time to. So it'll be up sometime uh, Monday next week because I got another uh, one shot for. I forget the name of that book. Oh, House of Slaughter. That's coming out. Mm. Yeah, man. So yeah, there's no there's no paper. There's no paper. <laughs> and that'll be the end of comics. So thanks for watching. Actually, this isn't the first time that paper shortages have affected comics. And I know like back in the World Wars times they were destroying comics because they needed the paper yeah and if that happens now your regular average comics uh, will become collectibles again right and that'll bring a whole bunch of people into the field that we don't want well but how long did it take the first time around for to bring the people into the field like 50 oh, it took a while yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that much time. I'm preemptively not liking that they're here. Well, I, I'm right Jake's now. Like, like, I just like the people that have come to the field that aren't here yet. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm actually trying to kickstart the movement. I just burned all my comments, all my. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the, uh, in the as as Jay put it, the uh, the World War times. Jay, you did say that the world <laughs> war times. They, they didn't know, like the comics weren't worth what <laughs> where right. the books are now. But now people, like, look, whenever the number one comes out, people go out and just get it because they think it's worth money. Now, if they find out that the the same, well, I guess not the same, but a similar event to what happened in the world war times. Is happening now. There, there's going to be a little bit of a rush for any any book coming out this year and next year, because they're going to expect that there is less copies of it, so it's going to be more collectible and worth more sooner. Uh, yeah, but also I think uh, from a business standpoint, if you're creating comics, I think digital is now a viable option, and uh work that into your contract see what kind of royalties you get into that and uh from a uh publishing standpoint it's like kind of do what image used to do which is like if you order it ahead of time you're going to get a printed copy of it if you don't you're going to get a second print if and, <laughs> if they even have it you know right and and supposedly that's kind of where we're at with this paper shortage thing where it's like there's telling everybody like hey like let order what you want earlier so we can know and allocate and resource the amount of paper we need yeah. but but anything beyond what you're trying to order may not happen so yeah who knows like the, the the next rung of issue ones and such that come out or just other random issues may not get second or third printings because maybe we don't have the paper for that so here's a paper shortage just buy digital put, put a link on where i can donate a tree no, well, that's the whole point. We don't I want to like that. They're the the they're using recycled shit already, and they don't want to uh, cut down more trees. You know, ideally, 
uh, that that's that's why there's a shortage. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a shortage because they just cut down more trees. I will yeah. steal recyclable paper from work. Like there, there is like I get tonnage. Just tell yeah. me where to send it, man. I will <laughs> give me my right. books. Right. What I think I'm gonna start doing is I'm gonna start like printing my own white covers now because I don't think they're gonna be doing those. So like, you staple a, a sheet of paper to each. I'll just wrap it around and put it in the mylar bag. And you I'm might like a, a, a ream of like copy paper and just kind of like glue it on. No, no, no. If, if I'm actually printing it on myself, I'm going to buy like our sh fucking cold press 300 series paper. Like I'm going to do like actual good paper. Fuck, fuck it. Let's do vellum. Fuck the sheep. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, not vellum. I, I need cotton. I, I like cotton. So <laughs> in, in other industry news, uh this week was the first week that uh friggin penguin random house delivered marvel comics to the to, as to the direct market and apparently it was a bit of, of a fiasco because penguin random house which is marvel's new direct to market like exclusive direct to market dealer uh they don't know how to pack comics apparently quick, quick question what yeah. uh, and, and maybe you guys talked about it and I was like just gone or, or missed it, but why is Marvel using random whatever house you talked about not a story, but DC not using Diamond was because DC started a, a new co partner with a new company during a worldwide pandemic? Isn't that what Marvel's doing though? Like just starting, a yeah, but they just picked a different time to do it in. So it's it's just a timing issue, yeah. Yeah, a timing issue is you don't is the do big that of kind of shit at the start of a pandemic. <laughs> like, I mean, you you kind of do it when it's you know financially advantageous. I don't. But okay, all right. I it's, mean, it's, you, you, it's, ethically, ethically, you don't, but business wise, you do. I right, mean, yeah. That, when we when we did those shows, yeah. I told I I actually sided with them because it's like. They gotta survive. Like I, one of my biggest quotes in that time was, "Business is, uh, uh, evolving life form, and if you can't adapt, you're not gonna survive." Right, and like I, I interrupted the story, so I apologize, Lawrence. But it sounds like the story is that whoever this uh, new distributor is is crappy at packing, and even like. When we talked about DC not using Diamond, I, I, comic book retailers were telling me how bad Diamond was at packing their books. Mm -hmm. Like we, we've, it's a subject we've talked about before. Oh yeah, and we're seeing Marvel try to find a new distributor and found somebody that, for some reason, was worse at packing comics and Diamond. Well, well, keeping in mind too, though, that you know when people talk about Diamond, they talk about it. Like we're talking about differences in degree here because it's like you, you mess around and yeah, Diamond, because it was exclusive, can rest on the laurels a little bit and sometimes things come not at, uh, in as mint of a condition as you would like it to, you know. Okay, uh, that's, being, that's being generous, but keep going. Well, 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 I guess what I'm trying to say is this, is the difference between what your, your books look like when they're damaged, when, when Diamond doesn't do their job well. And apparently what happened with this Penguin Random House thing is on two different levels. 
like and literally like boxes split open <laughs> as they arrive <laughs> to the to to the comic shops like you know like literally like for instance i went to a comic book shop today and i couldn't buy a copy of excalibur uh what is it i don't 23 i think it is i couldn't buy a copy of excalibur today because every 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 issue of excalibur that this comic shop ordered was damaged and i'm just like that's messed up you know what i'm saying it's like that's crazy because it's not like you know it's not like oh well it the good the ones that were damaged or undamaged sold out it was there are no copies for you to buy <laughs> So, yeah. But also, too, just going back to your question in regards to why the difference between Marvel and DC when it comes to this changing of distribution, too, not only is the timing a big part of it, but I think also, too, the, the way Marvel did it with the leeway. Like, Marvel, not only did DC do it at the beginning of the, of the pandemic, but they also were like, okay, so this is going to happen in, like, the next two months or something like that it was like two or two and a half months and i think the when we did the story marvel did it of course like a, a year year and a half later and they also gave like a six month leeway so it's not like anybody was like wait what's happening you know it's like basically cats were like so i need to figure out what i'm gonna order from this new company you know uh like today so that i can make sure i get my books you know down the line, like you know, thing where it's like, it was literally like the 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 cutoff point was like a week and a half away for when they would have to order from this new distributor. And then I think the other part, of course, too, is the fact that DC went with people that were technically direct competitors to comic book stores. And you know, Penguin Random House, of course, isn't a direct competitor. They 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 do books as opposed to comic books. But you know, like DC That's, was going I'm, with. It was hmm. Penguin Random House was putting out their trade paperbacks in Barnes and Noble like for the last twenty years or whatever. Well, yeah, but that's still not like floppies. No, I, I get it, but it's not something that's new entirely to them. It's just they just gave them more responsibility this time around. But I think it is new because, like, like trade paperbacks are a completely different animal than than the, you know, the the single issues. So it's like, and it's not to say that, like, I don't think they should have done this bad of a job because not like you have to reinvent the wheel. Like you can literally go on YouTube and see what Diamond, how they pack their stuff if you want. You know hey, what I mean? And it could have been have like, a, we can just do that. I might do an Oz's, Oz's package right now. I have a package? I, I, I bought some shit off of Kickstarter and it was beautifully packaged. Oh, oh you they steal my stick. But you already opened it, so I guess that's that's yeah. I was just gonna unzip it and let it flow out right now. So <laughs> I've I've done that. You risk getting arrested if you just unzip and let it flow out. Though we should probably save that for next week. The unzipping. Uh, it's about time for us. Yeah, we should not unfurl head it. on out. I agree. I agree. <laughs> but we got. More, do we have any more news stories before we go? Anything that. Um, we do. Joe, we don't got time. Joe wagged the finger. Joe wagged. That wasn't a finger. Well, Joe wagged the finger. It's, so it's, it's premature. <laughs> it's premature. <laughs> All right. Then, shoot. Let's get out of here then.
I'm glad. I'm glad we we rehearsed. This. Oh man. Okay, Oz. Why don't you give me some final thoughts, buddy? Go watch Star Girl. <laughs> All right. Joe likes to call her fat fuck. I never called her that. <laughs> uh, I didn't even hear it. I missed it. Okay. It's okay. Jay, final thoughts. Um, Derek and Chess says you're talking about a dead industry. Comic books should be selling digital copies in shops by now. I mean, I don't agree with the dead industry part, but definitely digital copies should be sold in stores what like a gift like a like a card or something like a, just yeah okay yeah yeah they do it for everything else yeah no it wasn't a criticism i was just trying to figure out how they would do it but yeah that's okay yeah like gamestop sells codes for games like comic book shops to sell codes for comics All right codes and pops <laughs> Mo's Magnum, final thoughts. Uh, earlier, I talked about how good something was as an adaptation, and I couldn't remember, and Venom was so bad that it made me forget, and I just remembered it was The Long Halloween on HBO Max, the animated thing. Uh, the art doesn't look like a comic, doesn't do it justice, but the story flows just like it, and uh, you should check that out. Supposedly, that's what the new Batman movie is going to be based on, but I don't believe that at all. Yeah, uh, like I can already Sorry. tell you, it's not. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Scarecrow's not even in it. Look, long, he's not in Long Halloween either. <laughs> for listen for the entire Fantastic Four. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We do appreciate you. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want us to talk about, and what it is that we can do to make the show a more enjoyable experience for you. Uh, but until then, we're the Fantastic Forum. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>